You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As it says, this is Locked On Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis of 24-7 Sports. On today's show, we're going to go over last night's game. Uh, we'll do some looking at the divisions and the standings. And uh, for the second half of the show, we will... Uh, we're going to talk some more Trevor Bauer trade ideas, and we will um, talk about CC Sabathia and his historic accomplishment. As you know, he is a former longtime Indian, so I think it is worth mentioning. Uh, and that should be all for today's show. So, first up, let's talk about the game today. Before I get into the nitty gritty, the win um, puts the Indians half a game behind the Red Sox, who beat the Twins. And since it was kind of the Indians couldn't lose type situation because the Red Sox were facing the Twins um, for a three-game series, and the Red Sox took two out of three from the Twins, meaning that uh, the Indians were able to gain some ground. And when you look at division standings, the Indians are now nine games back. Now, <laughs> it is still nine games back. But the Twins uh, have not been quite as strong of late. Yes, they're 6-4 and four in their last 10, and the Indians are 7-3. and three. Both teams have been relatively strong. The White Sox are 6-4. and four. But uh, the Twins no longer have the best, you know, the most wins in the American League. They still have the best record at this point. Um, Houston also has 48 wins, but they have two losses. When you go across, the Dodgers have 49 wins and only 25 losses. So the uh, the Dodgers now have the best record in baseball, not the Minnesota Twins. Uh, the Twins have done it with a really dynamic offense so far this year. Uh, top to bottom, the Indians just can't compete with that offense. But we'll have to see how the, uh, the pitching, you know, some of these guys, I don't think anyone really expected Jorge Planco to play as well as he played. Um... I've always liked Max Kepler, but 19 home runs, that's that's not what I expected. A CJ Cron just kind of hurts because he's a guy who's been released the last two years. And boy, could the Indians have used his, uh, his bat as a DH this year. And anyone could have had him. Uh, when you look at Derek Dietrich and CJ Cron, and imagine both of those bats in the Indians lineup when they were both uh, released, it, uh, it stings. It stings. Uh, Jonathan Shoup has rebounded nicely for the Twins at second base. Marwin Gonzalez, you know, their big-name addition has been one of their least successful bats, and he'd still be a near-top-of-the-lineup hitter for the Indians. Uh, Byron Buxton is a stellar defender, and also he is hitting the ball with authority. 21 doubles this year, 9 home runs. I haven't even gotten to Nelson Cruz yet, or, you know, Mitch Garver, who's been uh, pretty effective as a catcher for them. So it's, it is a stellar, stellar offense. But there are some guys who look like uh, they are playing a bit over their head. You go over to the pitching staff, and uh, Jose Barrios has been one of the top pitchers in baseball. But by war, their best pitcher is Jake Odorizzi, who uh, has never been able to keep up consistent performance the way he has pitched this year. There's a good chance at some point he is going to fall down to earth. Um, Michael Pineda has not been great. Martin Perez has been oh. You know, solid, definitely a good value for um, what they, you know, getting him essentially for free. And Kyle Gibson has been Kyle Gibson. But they don't have that uh, pitching staff that makes you uh, worried. And, I mean, they have a solid pen, 
but uh, there is a chance for the Indians here. That's that's what I'm getting at. The win puts the Indians uh, third place on the wild card, half a game behind Boston, three and a half behind Tampa, who's your current wild card leader. But it does elevate them past the Rangers, who were currently who entered the day tied with Boston for the second wild card spot. The Indians are now up half a game on the Rangers. Um, they have tomorrow's a big uh, pitching matchup, is it'll be. Uh, Shane Bieber versus Oliver per or not Oliver. I'm looking at the fact that Oliver Perez pitched today. It'll be Shane Bieber, I believe, versus uh, Mike Miner, who is a, a lefty. Maybe that's where my confusion came in. Who has been far and away the uh, the Rangers' top uh, pitcher? Now the same thing I said yesterday uh, plays into today's tomorrow's game. I should say um, at this point it is today's game, but uh, the Indians are so much better against left-handed pitching. Having Jordan Luplo is you know the the gap between him what he can do against a lefty and what uh Nakoin can do against a righty is is monumental Roberto Perez is a monster against lefties and he's okay against righties but uh the Indians are facing the, the you know the best pitcher that Texas has but him being a lefty is a bit of an advantage in terms of the Indians just the way their lineup is constructed after this, the Indians will uh, will head to Detroit, Kansas City, and Baltimore. So things, again, are set up nicely. After that, it's Kansas City into Cincinnati into the All-Star break. So this is they're doing what they need to do. They are gaining ground, um, and they are beating up on these teams, and it's, it's very encouraging. So let's go into the game itself. Uh, Leonis Martin is kind of your uh, goose in this egg, 0 for 4 with a strikeout. He is trying to make himself the worst hitter on the Indians, um, and he is. He's uh, with Jason, I guess, before I get into anything else, um, did I put the ultimate like anti-hex on Jason Kipnis, where it was basically like the Indians should cut him because that's the only way that uh, Tito won't have him hitting high in the lineup. So they're facing a lefty. Tito does drop him all the way down to sixth, and he proceeds to go deep twice, um, hitting a pair of home runs. Uh, well, one of the home runs, I'm sorry, was off uh, off the left-hander, which is not something you expect. Uh, I guess I should just start calling people out every day because, I mean, Kipnis had one of the best games he's had maybe in years. Two for two, two walks, no strikeouts, two home runs. Uh, it, not what we've really seen. That's kind of like old-school Kipnis. The two home runs take him up to five so he had in that one game 40 percent of his home run production so far this year uh he overall when you look at things like uh on base percentage is still below uh jose ramirez's but uh you know it, that was enough to to get his slugging above jose's and leonis martin's and jose is just making such bad contact this year and not really hitting the ball hard enough that uh you know it's now a debate you know, Martin's slugging percentage is 30 points higher, and uh, Ramirez's on base percentage is uh, 15 points higher. So it's, it, <laughs> I, I just don't know. At this point, uh, I'm still going to call out Tito for horrible roster construction because those are your three worst hitters, and those need to be the three guys closer to the bottom of your lineup at this point. Um, Roberto Perez hitting uh, where he's hitting. You know, he hit uh, seventh against a lefty. That's that's just, he should be hitting fifth. Um, yeah, 
not not great. Uh, Prez did homer today. That's his 13th of the year. Uh, Mercado had a double, and Luplo had a double. I mean, Luplo went two for four, continuing just to be death on lefties. Uh, two for four with a walk for Santana. Two hits for Mercado. At some point, you know, I talked about guys who are going to cool off. He's not a 315, 505 slugging guy. He's going to hit a bit of a rookie wall at some point, but let's enjoy it while it's here. Uh, I mean, offensively, all the, the the bits and pieces were clicking in this one. And what stands out is, again, I mean, the Indians are constructed. It's so odd to say after so many years of just, you know, for the longest time when the Indians faced a lefty, you almost just assumed a loss. But this team is now constructed where you want to see them facing a lefty. That lineup is so much better when they are facing a lefty that uh, they entered the game. And the nice thing is Palumbo's a lefty. Uh, Mike Miner is a lefty, and then on in Friday's game, they're going to face the surging Matthew Boyd, who is also a lefty. Now, if you've missed on Boyd this year, uh, I mean, I liked him when they got him in the David Price deal. He's one of those guys that uh, always put up really good numbers in the minors. Stuff never quite matched performance. Uh, I mean, this year, he's probably going to be in an all-star. Uh, he has just been utterly phenomenal and uh, probably is going to be the Tigers' number one trade asset. Uh, so, you know, it's a f- interesting, it's it's a pitch-up, a pitch-up, a matchup of two pitchers to pay attention to in that Friday game. But the Indians, you know, counting today, they get three lefties in a row, which is nice in terms of their lineup construction. Uh, Perez is now uh, solo number two on the team in home runs. Uh, really enough cannot be said about Carlos Santana and his production and performance this year. On the other side of things, uh, solid performance by Plucko, zero walks, five Ks, gave up the one home run. He had an error. Um, Santana had an error for one unearned run. Yeah, one unearned run, two earned. Uh, Ty Olson, strong performance for him. Nick Goody, it was a struggle, but uh, that's what we've seen in the minors. His command is just kind of gone away at points Oliver Perez picks up the win uh, really effective one in one and two thirds innings but uh, again showing how silly the pitcher win is because uh, Plutko didn't finish off the fifth there or he would have had it and then Simber uh, alright you know one and one third innings he didn't lose the game but you obviously you know preferred not to, to give up that extra run um, I know it doesn't matter in the scheme of things, but it's going to be a higher level production when, uh, when he doesn't do that, which I mean, obviously I'm not, uh, <laughs> not doing my best, uh, the explanation, but you know, you just want to see a guy being pretty consistent. Uh, Danny Santana, uh, what a year he is having coming in and getting that pinch hit home run, which was his 18th of the year. No, I'm sorry. Sixth of the year, 18th of his career. Uh, you know, a guy who's never really uh, shown much and is having quite a breakout for the Texas Rangers this year. But, uh, you know, more than anything else, you're just happy at this point that the Indians will be no worse than a split after tomorrow's game. Things that uh, that you should not split or leave from are uh, using the Hotels.com website or app uh, they will tell you the places you should not go to. They will show you the best deals. They will save you time and money. 
you want to go there because that is their whole model. They are going to make it easier on you and save you money so you go back to them. Uh, use them, you should use them. Our other sponsor is BlueChew.com. It is the little blue pill, like Viagra or Cialis, same active ingredients. But since it's chewable, it gets your bloodstream quicker, makes you ready to go quicker. If you go over to BlueChew.com, use the promo code MLB, you can try it for free. You're just going to have to pay the 5 bucks for shipping. This is your chance. If you've ever been curious, you want to see what it's like, get discreetly mailed to your door. You're just going to pay that 5 bucks in shipping, and you can see what all the hype is about. Remember, it's BlueChew.com, promo code MLB. Okay, and we're back. Uh, now, as promised, we will uh, we'll start with... Uh, some talk about another possible Trevor Bauer deal. Now, the reason this is uh, keeps coming up is the Indians are kind of a flawed team at this point, and you know, I just kind of was looking over some teams trying to figure out what could make sense. Um, but the the nice thing at this point is, you know, if you are an Indians fan, you look at the team just right now, and you're like, okay, so the rotation is Bauer, Clevenger, Bieber. And then you have Plesak and Pletko. And that means you've got Rodriguez, Carrasco, and Klubes all um, on the disabled list. Not real sure when we'll get any of them back, but it gives you that whole listing of possible players. And, uh, you know, Rodriguez should be back sooner than later. So if the Indians were to, as the deadline approaches, because again, the thing with the Trevor Bauer deal is his value is going to peak in July this offseason he goes from 1.5 to a one year now there is potential compensation value with him uh, but we've seen the value on these players starts to tank pretty quickly Um, 1.5 years nets a lot more value than one year and half a year with no chance of compensation nets much smaller amounts so I still think a Trevor Bauer deal is very likely the Brad Hand deal I don't think is likely, but Trevor Bauer I think is very likely because they have developed pitching depth um, on top of the eight pitchers I mentioned there. Uh, hopefully at some point Tristan McKenzie will start pitching, and he uh, is their top pitching prospect, and he's you know sitting there in double-A. you got guys like Eli Morgan who have not missed a beat moving up to double-A. They have pitching coming too. So uh, it just, with Bauer's situation... I still think he is a player that could be on the move. So I wanted to bring up an idea that hit me today that uh, I have not seen anywhere else. This is an exclusive to uh, to Locked On Indians. And that would be if the Indians were to make a trade with the Los Angeles Angels. The Angels are currently sitting at 500, and as a team, you know, they're uh, obviously there's Trout, one of the you know, the greatest uh, hitters ever to play the game. Cole Calhoun has uh, been a solid player for them. Otani is a big name. He has not been, uh, he's been awesome as a hitter. He has not given them as much or, you know, really at all as a pitcher this year. Um, I believe he has not pitched at all for them, but he is just purely um, a, their DH, basically. Uh, Albert Pujols is having a bit of a renaissance for him. This isn't to say he's been great, but he's been a little bit better in league average, which um, compared to the last few years is great. Um, It's a nice rebound. Let's see. 
his OPS plus was an 80 in 2017, a 91 in 2018. And this year he is at a 101. So again, he is league average. That's a pretty, uh, pretty big improvement for them. Uh, sorry, I was looking at his stats here, and it's interesting. I don't know if everyone realizes this. I had never seen on Baseball Reference before a gold um, box on something, which indicates an all-time record holder. So if you didn't know, uh, Albert Pujols is the all-time record holder in grounded into double play. Maybe not the one you want. Now he is the uh, career active leader in games, played appearances, at-bats, runs, hits, doubles, triples, home runs, RBIs, walks, uh, total bases, grounded into double plays, of course, uh, sacrifice flies, and intentional walks. Um, Yeah, I mean, almost from the moment he signed in L.A., that contract we knew was going to be bad. From 20, I mean, he was still okay in 2016, but the last three years have been extremely rough. But we really can't look past this as one of the greatest hitters to play in my lifetime. Um, he still has two more years at 29 and 30 million dollars, uh, which is just. And then after that, remember, he gets 10 million a year for the uh, the next 10 years. He is most similar by age to Frank Robinson, Hank Aaron, Ken Griffey Jr. It's. Uh, He's a truly special player. But uh, to get back to this Angels lineup and why this trade stood out, potentially, is they're locked in with pools at first base. They're locked in DH. They're locked in <laughs> center field and right field. Uh, on Drelton Simmons, is, uh, you know anything he gives you offensively is a plus. He is such a good defender, one of the best defensive shortstops I've ever seen. He's in that Omar Vizquel class, if not... Uh, you know, uh, maybe better. I know some people will take some umbrage with that, but he is an amazing shortstop who has started to be a real uh, contributor offensively as well. So he'll be back soon. That leaves uh, David Fletcher, who they called up last year as a prospect, playing quite well this year. He's kind of played all over for them. Second base, shortstop, third base, wherever he's needed. He's going to be an everyday guy for them. Uh, Louis Rengifo is... He's had some uh, growing pains, but he's a, a young kid who's performed really well in the minors. You think he's going to get uh, more of a shot? Zach Kosart, uh, they gave that money to, and that's not looking great. And let's be honest, he can't stay healthy. And I haven't even mentioned Justin Upton, who they gave a bunch of money to, and who is just now getting off the disabled list. So they have those guys offensively. Now, two guys you may not know about as well are uh, Brian Goodwin, who... You know, he's a former top prospect with the Nationals. He's kind of bounced around, and he's getting this extended look at age 28, and he's playing really well. He's hitting 291, uh, 349 on base, 461 slugging. He's got seven home runs, 12 doubles. Uh, there's a lot to like. And then the other guy is an interesting one is Tommy LaStella. Tommy LaStella has always played well. Um, he's maybe not been a great player, but he's always been a good player. He's been a serviceable player for his entire career uh, in the majors. The odd thing is he had 10 home runs um, you know, in his career before he came into this year. Uh, that is over the course of, uh, let's see if I just did some quick math here, about 950 plate appearances this year and 260 plate appearances he has 15 home runs um 
big changes for him. 2017, though, I mean, you have to point out, he hit 288 and... Uh, 73 games, 125 at-bats, 861 uh, uh, OPS. His OPS plus uh, in his career is over 100. He's been a steady contributor. So why am I harping on Tommy LaStella and Brian Goodwin? Well, both of these are guys who aren't necessarily um, guaranteed spots in the future. They're both being hyper-productive, and they are a pair of players that uh, are signed for more than one season. Uh, LaStella you would get for uh, one and a half years and good one is for even longer than that because he is all of 28 years old as I mentioned before but Goodwin is a player who you know he's he, he's had some extended looks and a matter of fact at age 26 his extended look with the Washington Nationals before he was uh, you know the next year he'd be traded he was productive. I mean, he had an OPS over 100. And then you look at, like, last year, his uh, combined OPS plus was a 91 over 700. That's solid production across the Nationals and the Royals. Uh, he is not eligible to be a free agent until after the 2022 season. Uh, former first-round pick, former highly-rated prospect. And with Justin Upton returning... And with Otani having to be the DH, it all of a sudden means Goodwin's going to lose some of that time. So, if we go back to the Angels again, they're a 500 team. Uh, Tyler Skaggs has been about a fifth starter this year. Um, Griffin Canning, their uh, their young rookie, has been utterly fantastic. He has been their ace. Uh, Trevor Cahill uh, massively struggled before he went on the disabled list. Matt Harvey, massive struggles before the disabled list. Chris Stratton is a former first-round prospect of the Giants who has kind of bounced around, and that's who's fifth on this team in games. Uh, you know, he's part of the rotation right now. Um, Felix Pena has had some struggles. They got uh, Andrew Haney is, you know, a solid number five. But if you're keeping track at home, they got one guy who's like a you know, they're front of the rotation guy and two okay back end guys and not much else. It's, it's, uh, I really like Jose Suarez. The, he's an undersized lefty though. So, but he's up there. It's a team that is in desperate need of pitching. Uh, there's no other way around it. And that's why I think a trade between the Indians and the Angels is extremely interesting. The Angels have a massive need, uh, for a starter. There's no debating that. They also have a core that, you know, when you have Trout and Otani and some of those guys that uh, they're playing for now. So this is my out-of-left-field trade idea. The Indians would trade Trevor Bauer to the uh, Los Angeles Angels. They would get both Listella and Goodwin. They would send to the uh, to the Angels... Um, Leonis Martin, who I think is you know pretty much done, and uh, Jason Kipnis as well. This gives the uh, the Angels a someone else that could uh, play in the middle infield, kind of taking that Listella role. And uh, if I am the general manager, I approach the Indians owner up. We have some massive savings in this deal. I want to roll that money into next year, and I make that part of my pitch to the ownership that. Uh, we can take on a little bit more next year because we're going to save a lot of money on this trade. Now, it's not just those players. This is not just a money-cutting deal. Listella, you can put in at second base, 
and he's going to be an improvement over what we've seen from Kipnis the last few years. What he's doing this year is utterly amazing. Uh, I'm very, I'll have to, you know, do the deep dive research, but I'd be curious to see if he changed the launch angle or what. And then the nice thing with Goodwin is that, uh, you know, he can play three outfield spots. He, he's a left-handed batter. He, you know, I don't think Tyler Naquin should block the Indians from trying to get better there. And you can totally have Goodwin with Leplo as that platoon. And, you know, when Daniel Johnson is ready, you can always have Bowers at DH. It, you want to give yourself a lot of options, a lot of outs, a lot of potential. And Goodwin is a toolsy guy you have very long time who is um, can play three spots where you're in that outfield. I mean, probably you want to put him in left field, let's be honest. But, uh, yeah, there, there's value there. Um just in the fact that you have a lot of years of control and that he has performed in the majors and he's performing really well right now. So you get those two upgrades. Now that is, you know, kind of the lesser parts of the deal. I mean, again, Tommy Listella is potentially an all-star this year and his, uh, his improvement has been ridiculous, but uh, there is still that fact that people are going to expect him to fall to earth, which is why the Indians, I think, can also get two prospects out of such a deal. So uh, I took a quick break in there because I did want to go and look, and I thought this would be something that would stand out to Indians fans about uh, Listella and why you want to uh, buy high on him now, getting a year and a half. So it's interesting that the uh, the hitting coaches for the Angels, Jeremy Reed, Sean Wooten, and Paul Sorrento, uh, worked with him, this is from a Fangraphs article, to uh, barrel to the ball while also adjusting his hands. So... In the small sample so far this year, he has increased his launch angle from 8.1 to 3.9 degrees, which is typical for a more power hitter. Instead of gripping the bat tight and muscling the ball, he worked to become more relaxed, using his eye and approach and strength. So uh, you can go in this same article on Fangraphs. This is by Jay Jaffe, who's a fantastic writer from early May, and or mid-May. And it, the nice thing is you can kind of go through this whole article. You can see a lot of what he's done. Um, and there's even more great things in here about, um, you know, that he's all the things he's working. He has really changed uh, his way in the batter's box this year. And that's, you know, I think this is a guy that uh, people might be sleeping on, just how good he has been and what the adjustments have made. Uh, that article... He's uh, he's cooled off maybe a little since then, but you know he had ten home runs May fifteenth. He's at fifteen now, so he's in the last month still hit five home runs, which is uh, better than most players on the Cleveland Indians. But as I said, um, that is just the beginning for me. So you save a little money, you get two players that are definite upgrades, and then the uh, the first player I want to get from them, you're not getting Joe Adele. Let's just. <laughs> move on from that idea he is uh he's too good of a prospect uh but i think brandon marsh is definitely a guy that i would be trying to get um you know he's young for his class he is uh, a big kid there's power potential there's run potential i really like his ceiling um already in double a performing well walks a lot for um his ability level uh, for a kid so young, I should say, more than anything else. But uh, there's a chance for 
a really special player. Yes, he has not hit for power yet, but your and his swing is not uh, made for huge power. But you know, he's someone you work with. The physical tools are so obvious. Um, there's a chance he could stay in center. There, there's a lot of upside to him, and he would give the Indians yet another outfield prospect uh, in their system. And then the other guy I would really honestly ask about. Um, would be trying to get, because uh, there's no longer restrictions on trading draft picks. We know the Indians liked Will Wilson quite a bit, who was uh, the first-round pick of the Angels, and you know, young for his class, performed well in college. And, you know, that would be the, <coughs> the next, I say you know so many times. But uh, either Wilson or even their second-round pick, uh, Kyron Paris, those are both guys that scream Indians model, Indians approach. And I think uh, you would ask about one, maybe the other. If, you you know, they're not willing to go on Wilson, maybe you ask on Paris. And I know it's odd to try to trade for a, a player that quickly from the draft, but um, they just... They're the ones who kind of stood out when I looked at, oh, they uh, the Indians could use more up the middle depth. I know they just drafted a bunch of guys, but especially someone like Wilson, I think, can move quickly through the majors. And, you know, if you only have Listella for one and a half years as your second baseman, which is the other nice thing to point out, because at this point the Indians don't have uh, really a second baseman for next year. Wilson could potentially be someone who blazes through and is is ready to step in at that time. So this is kind of my out of left field idea. It's uh, it's crazy, I know, but uh, you know, trade ideas should be crazy. They should be fun, and I really went overboard talking about this one. So I want to thank everyone for listening. Um, give me your thoughts. Go look up Brian Listella and Brian, Tommy Listella and Brian Goodwin, and see if uh, they are as intriguing and exciting to you as they are to me. Thank you for listening using the Himalaya app, iTunes, whatever it is you use. I greatly appreciate it. And as always, go Tribe.